This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness, and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. Hi there. Today's episode is about burnout. Um, burnout is a really big topic. And so this is just the, you know, the briefest introduction to burnout. It actually, the the audio in the rest of this episode actually comes from a webinar that I ran about, about preventing burnout probably a month ago now. So this is just a segment of the, the content from that webinar. Uh, but in it, I wanted to, I wanted to introduce it because in in this section, I do make reference to um, a table that was actually part of the slides in the in the webinar. So I will make that table available on the show notes, which you can find at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And um, I just wanted to, yeah, let you know that that that's why this episode is, you know, it ends a little bit suddenly as well. Um, because I've cut it off because, you know, the rest of the webinar wasn't necessarily relevant to this particular topic of what is burnout. And, you know, it's a really big topic, so I'm sure there will be more burnout episodes uh, in the future. The other little piece of news is that uh, I am going to take a little break after episode 20 from this podcast and uh, come back for season two a little bit later in the year. So if you haven't yet, I highly recommend um, that you subscribe in iTunes because that way uh, when I do take a break, you will automatically get the new episodes uh, later in the year without having to do anything. So yeah, if, if you're new here or if you haven't yet subscribed, hit subscribe and then it will automatically appear in your podcast uh, app when when a new episode appears. So that's all. Enjoy the show and this week's topic, which is all about burnout. Right, let's talk about burnout. What is it? Um, if you Google it, this is what will be at the top of the page, this little dictionary uh, definition. So it's the reduction of a fuel or substance to nothing through use or combustion, right? That's the technical definition. Or it's the failure of an electrical device or component through overheating. So, you know, the anti-stall mechanism in some kind of machinery prevents the motor from burning out. Now, obviously, that's the technical definition, and we're not really talking about uh, the mechanical <laughs> definition of burnout, but I think it's an interesting, it's, it's a metaphor, um, and it's good to understand that kind of technical definition because I think it helps us um, when we're thinking about how burnout manifests itself in our in our own lives. So, actual burnout in a, in a human being, um, it's a special type of stress. Uh, it's a state of physical, emotional or mental exhaustion combined with doubts about your competence and the value of your work. And that last bit is really, really key because everybody feels worn out and run down and exhausted from time to time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you also have that level of, um, you know, lack of, of of self-worth about your abilities and your um, 
and your purpose at work. And it's that particular aspect that really characterizes and separates burnout as a as a uh, you know job stress kind of phenomenon from just a classic stress response. And we're going to talk about stress responses in a moment. But the the real big signs of burnout, so physical and emotional exhaustion are, are the main ones. And I think they're probably the most most commonly understood. And it, that can mean um, insomnia, that can mean uh, chronic fatigue, it can mean brain fog, anxiety, depression. Uh, it's a whole host of physical and emotional health problems. And, and it's important to rule out, if you think that you have any of those symptoms, it's important to go to the doctor and rule out that you don't have another um, health condition that might be causing those. Because physical and emotional exhaustion is a really common component of a lot of health problems. Um, you know, depression and anxiety are increasingly common. Um, and fatigue, it's, <laughs> it's really debilitating, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're burnt out. And, and that's important to, to be aware of. Now, if you are experiencing physical and emotional exhaustion, you know, insomnia, um, chronic fatigue, low immunity, um, you know, you're getting crook at every, every little bug that goes through town, you pick it up and you seem to be constantly um, run down. You know, it, that, that, just because you may not be burnt out doesn't mean that those symptoms aren't very, very real and very um, debilitating. However, it's important to check that they are not caused by any other uh, physical health problems, so it's, you should go to your doctor um, and get get a thorough checkup. These the next two signs of burnout, so the cynicism and detachment, and the ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment, you know, related to your work. Those are the real keys because burnout is not just fatigue; it is fatigue or you know exhaustion plus this extra component. So cynicism and detachment that that you know. I'm sure we've all had experiences with a colleague that is, you know, constantly pessimistic, um, feels very jaded about the education system. And, and, you know, I've been there. It's easy to do. There's there's a lot of frustrations. But a person that is in burnout can't look past those frustrations to the point where, you know, they can detach a little bit from the frustration and say, but I'm still here to do my job and I like my job for these other reasons. They get really consumed. Burnout, a person who is burnt out gets very consumed with their frustrations at work and, and, and they'll be really cynical and, you know, pessimistic and, and not very pleasant to be around usually. And not very, it's not a very pleasant place to be. And then that ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment, that, that is, you know, apathy. People, you know, when you just stop caring, you don't care if you do a good job anymore. And, and especially that can be, um, a symptom of burnout when you may have been a person that was really proactive and cared a lot before and now you've, you know, you've got the emotional and physical exhaustion and you're very pessimistic and perhaps you weren't pessimistic before um, and you just don't care about how good of a job you do or, you know, you just, ha- you know, there might be some performance issues at work as well uh, which are related to that physical and emotional exhaustion and, you know, the pessimism and the, the lack of a purpose around the, the job that you do. So it's all three of those together that, that usually characterise burnout. And as I said, 
physical and emotional exhaustion on their own are a problem, but they don't necessarily mean burnout because they could be being caused by many other things. Um, so let's talk about stress. We use the word stress all the time. You know, as a, as a society, it's a, it's a really, really common, um, common complaint. How are you? Oh, I'm so stressed. Uh, but what I want to talk to you today about is that difference between chronic stress and acute stress and then the stress response versus the relaxation response. So I'm sure that you would have heard of the fight or flight response. That's that notion that, you know, if we are, if we were cavemen um, and women and we were faced with a threat to our survival, like a saber-toothed tiger or something, we, we have this choice to fight or flee. Um, and there's, the, there's actually a third part to that, which is to freeze, uh, which, you know, you can think about like a deer in the headlights. Um, they, they see that like, the headlights coming towards them and they just freeze. They don't know, they don't move, they don't do anything, which, you know, may, may work with some predators, but unfortunately with an oncoming car is the worst possible choice for those poor deer. Um, so the, the, the problem is that that fight or flight response is meant to be a short burst of, and it's, it's a hormonal response. It was actually discovered in 1915 by um, Dr. Walter Cannon of Harvard University. And um, it's, it is a physiological response and produced by the adrenal hormones. So the adrenal glands um, produce cortisol and adrenaline and norepinephrine. And they, the idea is that it's supposed to produce a burst of this energy uh, so that you can fight or flee whatever the immediate threat to survival is. And then afterwards, it will go away. So you can see on the um, one side of this table, it's got qualities of F or F, which is the fight or flight response. So what that burst of the, the um, adrenal hormones does in the body is it increases your heart rate and your blood pressure and it increases muscle tension. It is, um, you know, the, the fight or flight response is unconsciously elicited. So we don't control it. It happens um, naturally and automatically. And it really sharpens and narrows our attention to what usually something, whatever the threat is in our brain. You know, if there's a saber-toothed tiger in front of us or if there's a cyclone coming like there is in uh, central Queensland at the moment or north Queensland, um, that's the only thing that in that short amount of the fight or flight state we, we are thinking about. Um, and the other really important thing is that it diverts energy and nutrients away from the digestive and reproductive and immune systems because in a short-term, you know, disaster or emergency situation, you don't really need to be worrying too much about long-term healing or reproduction or even digestion because that that's you know, the body needs every single bit of energy it can muster to fight off or run away from whatever the threat is. Um, and then the alternative is, so then the idea is, you know, I, ideally once the threat has died down, you know, once you, you are physically safe again, you go into what's called rest and digest, which is the actually the natural state of balance for a human body. And this is not just humans, actually, it's animals as well. So it's the natural state of balance. And that's where the body functions properly. It's called homeostasis. 
So all the hormones get balanced again, you know, the cortisol and the adrenaline and the norepinephrine, they go back down and all, all those other bodily systems of healing and digestion and reproduction, you know, switch back on again because the body is safe. Um, it also, that rest and digest state um, is a decreased heart rate, decreased blood pressure, decreased muscle tension. So you can see it's, it's literally the opposite of the fight or flight response. Um, the difference is it can be consciously elicited. So you, you can't really control your fight or flight response. You can't deliberately set it off, but you can deliberately set off your relaxation response, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, and it tends to be to signal an expansion of attention as opposed to that, you know, real narrowing of attention in fight or flight where you're just focusing on whatever the threat is. Um, there's a lot of a lot of qualities between the two states that are shared. Um, they're both natural. They're both automatic. You know, so the the rest and digest state can be consciously controlled, but it, it is often just automatically triggered as well. Um, you don't need to do. You know, you don't need to change your whole lifestyle to make this happen. It can happen in an instant. Um, and and these they're they're both protective. Of individuals so we often think of stress as bad but really we need this fight-or-flight response it protects us in emergency situations um, and there's a lot of different ways for both fight-or-flight and rest or digest they can be elicited by many means and in any any person at any time theoretically um, and the biggest thing is it doesn't require a belief that it works there's not a placebo kind of process with these they're, they're actual hormonal responses in the body they're part of the nervous system so the the fight or flight response or the stress response is, is the sympathetic nervous system and that relaxation response comes from the parasympathetic nervous system and i'm not going to go into that stuff right now but that that relaxation response um was discovered in the 70s by um or Herbert Benson, his name is Dr. Herbert Benson, and he was working at Harvard University as well, I think. They were both from Harvard University and, you know, about 60 years difference. And, of course, these, you know, the stress response and relaxation response have been around forever. They're, they're very basic animal uh, processes in, in our human bodies, but that's when they were studied and, you know, understood more clearly. Now, the relaxation response is the kind of natural state of balance for humans to be in. But in our modern world, a lot of us are walking around with a chronically stressed, low-level fight-or-flight uh, experience because we have a lot of minor, you know, emergencies every day or what we perceive to be emergencies. They're not necessarily threats to our lives. In fact, they're not if you live in the Western world, chances are you know most of the time it might be a deadline that's looming it's not a it's not a threat to your life as such however we perceive it to be stressful and even that perception even though it's not a survival kind of emergency that perception is enough to trigger a low level usually fight or flight response and if we're always walking around in that then you can see how, you know, that increased heart rate and blood pressure and the, the diversion of energy away from our, our basic digestion and reproduction and immune systems, that's really going to affect your health over the long term. So 
The relaxation response is really crucial. The fact that we can deliberately turn it on is really crucial to um, to, to being able to counter that, that fight or flight or stress response, the stress chemistry that's going on in the body. It's important for us if we feel like there's a, a constant or chronic state of stress going on for us in our lives, it's important to be consciously triggering the relaxation response so that we can counteract the negative uh, impacts of stress by, you know, decreasing our heart rate and blood pressure and, and um, expanding our attention and hopefully switching back on or unimpairing those processes of healing and, and reproductive hormone production and that sort of thing. Having a, an awareness and an understanding of your level of stress day to day and even, you know, throughout the day because it can fluctuate uh, can really help with preventing burnout in the long run. Um, it's, as I said, burnout isn't just that chronic um, state of physical and emotional exhaustion. There's some other uh, factors to it as well. But you can see how if you're in a chronic state of stress over a long term, that, that constant stress chemistry pumping through your body, the, the adrenaline and the cortisol and the norepinephrine, um, that really actually wears the body out because it's only supposed to be a short-term thing. And so if it's constantly being triggered, that can contribute a lot to that physical and emotional state of exhaustion. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there. 